Hello and welcome to the Horror Hour, a place where we discuss, we debate, we disagree on all things horror. But today I'm really excited and actually it's kind of been something we're doing this week, but um, I have a special guest, actually also my name's Yutaka, one of the co-hosts, but it's not about me this time. Um, I have Alice Collins, who is a producer on an upcoming um, documentary that I'm really excited about, um, that uh, I'm also doing the Indiegogo as well, but it is Mental Health and Horror, a documentary. So hi, Alice. Hello. Um, how are you today? Busy and uh, <laughs> other than that, I'm doing really good. Thank you for asking, how about you? How's your day been? Uh, I would say the same. I, I myself am actually kind of getting ready to um, have surgery next week. So I'm going to have a lot of horror films to uh, catch up on. So. Yeah, that'll be lot, fun. A lot of time to just sort of chill out and watch something. So, uh, I mean, obviously the big thing is, um, you know, I'm really excited that you guys have put together uh, this project, uh, Mental Health and Horror, um, already speaking with Andrew and then speaking with Jonathan just to see the passion that they have for this. Um, I would love to know, you know, what brought you to this project? Well, Andrew. Um, I have known Andrew for quite a few years, even before I started working professionally um, with, you know, writing and just making flicks and stuff like that. And uh, I, I, I can sort of like trace the trajectory of my uh, current career, to, uh, all, uh, all thanks to him, because he was like my first bloody disgusting article um okay. that came out i have a, a column that i put out sporadically called trapped by gender and it's about transgender um you know representation in horror so uh it's sort of a you know whatever kind of thing um and uh when the first one came out andrew was at a con and he just like he read it loved it went up to phil noble was like hey check this out and then that you know i was and then just sort of things sort of went from there like i was interviewed for shutter's queer horror documentary um and i also then then that late led to working on that as like archivist and associate producer and then um yeah so i was just uh you know right after that job was winding down it was about for me at least the uh, uh it was about this time last year and uh, I was just DMing Andrew and uh, I don't remember who brought it up, but it might've been me. I was uh, just very passionate and talking about how horror movies have helped me over the years. Um, and he's like, you know, he's getting into it and he's like, hey, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's meet up. So uh, he set up a meeting with Jonathan. So it was the three of us and uh, that was it that we that was it and we um just uh 
we clicked and uh, we started brainstorming and it's been a year now. I mean, it it's from what I've seen and just um, chatting with everyone too, I mean, it's kind of a wild ride in a sense you guys or you all have had, you know, so many people sign on and uh, honestly, were it not for, um, I, I remember seeing Michael Kennedy post something about it. And mm-hmm. then I saw that huge, um, where you guys were selling the shirts uh, yeah. meant, and I, I picked up several of those and because Thank you. I need to have one um, because yes, mental health is so important. And uh, I can say from my perspective as well, that, you know, horror films have always kind of been my um, safety blanket. They are the things that calm me down, help me focus, you know, um, honestly, it's, it's funny because uh, there's a movie uh, that focuses on <laughs> a horror film that focuses on anxiety and mental health. And, and I watch it so much because it actually calms me down, um, which is the opposite of what they're going through in the film. But I I really do. I think horror is a great way to, you know, for me, if it's helping someone in a, a positive and therapeutic way, then then why the hell not? Yeah. It is very therapeutic. Um, what it was the uh, what's the film that you're referring to? That, that what's your comfort film? It um, it actually got me through the pandemic. I would say um, mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, Maggie Levin's My Valentine, um, mm-hmm. part of the Blumhouse series on Hulu, and okay. I mean. I just learned about the term enmeshment and you could certainly see it just uh, codependency and just uh, somebody who was traumatized and kind of coming back uh, into the real world and then having to deal with the person that, um, you know, was the, you know, the villain or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and so it was just, there was just something about it I mean part of it sure was maybe like the the lighting scheme that I think we all call like bisexual lighting because I I was loving all that and um I just had a killer soundtrack that just like it clicked with me with the lyrics and then same thing Mm -hmm. with the film and it just it's something that I could just zone out to and just kind of let my worries kind of wash away and um, yeah, I I could watch that on repeat now. It's yeah, you know, I have, a, I have quite a few films that I've I've done that with. Um, actually, it, it, I'm finding that to be very common. Um, so with our interviewees for the doc, um, I've been going through the transcripts, and uh, you know, the AI will have like words all like method typo so I'll fix them up and I'm listening to like these entire interviews like you know and I've gone through a, a good chunk of them and like 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 easily over a day's worth like it's a, a lot of, yeah and that's like maybe a third <laughs> of them all <laughs> and that's the one thing I keep hearing is like people will find their comfort film and then they'll just have it on repeat and I myself have done that with two movies specifically oh actually three okay Reanimator. oh that's a good one yeah that one 
I I thought it was in high school when I, brought, I just went to the video store and just picked it up and rented it because how can you not when you have a you know glow stick and a syringe you gotta <laughs> check it out yes and then um that one I, I like the cat scene just it gets me every time I, I love how campy it is and it's just wonderful that's one that I've put on repeat the the one I've played the most though is Silent Hill um Ooh. Silent Hill is my favorite game series because of the you know um issue the, the way they they uh tackled mental health and uh you know and so I really love that first movie because, you know, a lot of people will, you know, they're, they're sticklers for being like, it must be perfect, must be exact to the game. But it mostly is. It's like 90% there of the first game. So, like, you can watch the first time and play. But what I'm getting, I'm rushing there. But uh, I, uh, the, first movie really just is very comforting I just like the thing is I think the big thing is the music for me Mm -hmm. Kira Yamaoka's soundtrack for that Yamaoka is is one of my favorite uh, musicians just period um they uh that he uh tours around with uh the Mary Elizabeth McGlynn the the singer of a lot of the songs that are heard in the movie and um they will they're just the silent hill band so uh that's one thing i'll pop on too but um so like i've watched Silent hill over and over and over and it's just I like the music the mosh science that's got a great atmosphere to it and everything and then um the third one is the woods by lucky mckee from 2006. i haven't seen that one yet it is very it's one of my favorites it is a slow burner okay it is a period piece set in the 1960s it has bruce campbell and <laughs> patricia clarkson and um it's my favorite of lucky mckee's movies it's just it's phenomenal there was a time where i would just uh i, I bought the dvd the day it came out because i'd been following it because huge fan of bruce campbell so i was watching his website and he'd been talking about this movie the woods for years and um the, the company that was holding it was just sitting on a shelf and uh finally they just threw it out on dvd and i got it for six dollars on release day on release yeah. day on the release day at, at, at Walmart so it's like the company didn't have any faith in it but it is this wonderful movie about these um witches in uh all girls boarding school so you have a lot of really great like not only just like like it deals a lot with like gaslighting and um there's a lot of you know um queer subtext obviously throughout because you're at an all-girls school you know mm-hmm. And uh, also Leslie Gore, uh, you know, um, her music keeps popping up and she's just, I mean, you think Leslie Gore and you're like, yeah, yes. One of the first lesbian uh, musicians (laughs) that was like more out there uh, than previously. And um, 
So that is one where I've just had on over and over because like Silent Hill is there's this atmosphere that I, I like about it. And it's like, I, like I would try to put another movie in it and I'm just like, nah, that's not right. So uh, I, I put the woods back on. I'm like, okay, I, I, I guess this is going to be, we're going to vibe on this. We're just going to keep <laughs> watching it. So yeah, those are my three. I have to check the the woods out. And I do, I enjoyed Silent Hill. I remember seeing that in theaters. I love um, mm -hmm. Rada Mitchell. I enjoyed yes. the way they did the transition from, you know, when it was, it was still, you know, that grayscale and it's still unnerving, but then it transforms into that terrifying, um, you know, just world and, oh. Yeah, they did. Christoph Gans did such a fantastic job directing that film. And it was just, it, it was like lightning in a bottle for me. I was like, I, I saw it in the theater too. I was there uh, midnight opening night, 2006, <laughs> I remember. Cause uh, it was really funny actually. Uh, so I went and saw the film and then immediately went over to my friend's house and uh, his family owned a cabin in the northern Minnesota where I used to live. So it'd take us about four hours to drive up there. And we drove up there uh, around 2 or 3 a.m. in the darkness. So as we're driving up, I'm, it's like northern Minnesota is like rural. It's just like trees. So it's like I'm seeing things all over the place. Like, okay, there's fear in the head. We got some nurses over here. And so it's like the entire ride up. I'm just like... <laughs> That's nope. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it was good. It was good. Yeah. So I could also, also like, you know, one thing I really, that helps me, you know, with that, you know, to feel better is just memories like that, you know, because those are tied to specific films. Because like, I've also got like memories like from high school, uh, being at my friend's house, watching the animator. So it's like those are built into the, you know, the films themselves for me personally. And, you know, it's just, it really, really is a, a thing. And it's like, I've always used horror as my outlet. I just see a good segue here. Uh, my, some of my first introductions to like schlocky horror were Mystery Science Theater 3000 <laughs> because that was my local horror hosts. They started, um, I lived in Minnesota and they started on our local cable access channel, KTMA 23. So like they were my local horror hosts. They, wow. uh, were, they shot the show the first 10 seasons about a um, couple towns over from where I grew up. And, and they did through like, the entire time. I think they do it in LA now, but they, they got me really interested in it because it's like I'd be watching Comedy Central for Dr. Katz or Absolutely Fabulous or whatever. <laughs> and um, that came, that would come on. And it's like, you know, people talking back and screaming. I'm just like, that's cool, you know, the hosting. And then, you know, I uh, just, I found, I found a love of uh, horror hosts. And that is where really, you know, it's like, you know, it was all about the ghost movies and everything, but that really broadened my horizons uh, in the types of movies that I, I watched because they'd pick something I wouldn't normally, you know, rent or whatever. 
So I would just like look for horror hosts. Like over the air, we had we were sometimes we would be able to get WGN, be able to watch Sven Gulli. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, of course, adore Elvira. Oh, she, who doesn't? Yeah. Uh, goddess, I am just uh, in love. And, um, and then another one uh, when I got, oh, oh and then one of my is USA Up All Night with Rhonda Shear and Gilbert Godfrey. They showed me so many trashy, just some of the lowest bottom of the barrel films. And they were just like, oh, some of them are so bad. But that was wonderful. And they like, they did such a great job hosting. And then um, my uh, brother got a little older and I introduced him more and more. And um, it was rough growing up. Um, my mom's disabled, like in bed and needs constant care. And she uh, has her own mental issues that, you know, it's like it's through my whole family um, on both sides. So it was like, well, you're going to have some mental health issues down the road. Um, jokes. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, my brother and I would um, get together and watch uh, Monster Vision with Joe Bob Briggs. And um, <laughs> he uh, introduced me a lot. And it was one thing that was great. It was late at night, which means everybody was asleep. So we were just like really this little safe spot. We got to watch these really weird movies with this really weird dude. And um, we, uh, and we uh, would just have fun and be safe. And that's, that's like, and also um, Joe himself, um, I have, uh, he, uh, he helped me uh, quite a bit, actually. Uh, my first article that ever came out, I had, uh, I had talked about it and I, I just, I sent him an email. I was like, hey, I wrote this, the first thing I ever published, you know, I love, you know, watching you while I grew up, it helped get me through a lot. And uh, he just was like, you know, he was very appreciative. And he uh, gave me a retweet and that got a lot of people to see it. And um, he's also been very, um, just so we, you know, I just, like, we talk randomly sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, and he's always been extremely supportive and very, very um, uh, just, He's, you know, his, his energy is very kind and giving and he, he, he listens a lot. And it's, uh, so it's like, not, it's like, you know, when I was a kid, you know, me and my brother were watching that. And then when I, you know, I got older, I got to, you know, I got to meet him. Uh, I haven't met him in person yet, but, you know, he uh, has, been, has been just so very kind. So it was really nice to, you know, they say don't meet your heroes. But, you know, like, I'm not sure I can complain here, but it's so easy. Just, you know, someone who helped me as, you know, a kid helped me in my adult life, too. And uh, I was, you know, because, like, not a lot of people I've seen will, you know, at least when this happened, this was, like, 2018, 2019, um, there, there wasn't, people wouldn't retweet 
articles by trans people. It's like you just never saw him. And he just wrote up a custom tweet for me. He didn't even retweet it. Like he like wrote it like just hey check this out. Go Alice. And I was just so like I love horror hosts. Um, I have a I have an obsession just because of the all of those thoughts of those nights you know mm-hmm. just uh it's you know got some chips lights off watching the movie and uh it's the weekend everybody else is asleep it's safe so i uh now i i, I collect horror hosts i have an archive um of like i have found so many i have some like zachary i have the one of the only surviving episodes of vampira first war host ever um from 1955 i have a copy and there are two known episodes in existence and that is the only one that has found its way to other places it's never like they were never actually released they were no they were all live um they weren't recorded so uh, that's the that's one thing that i'm passionate about um this this is actually a thing that helps my own mental health and Mm -hmm. just sort of dealing with my own trauma is having something to sort of fixate on a little bit and um tracking down horror host stuff is one of those is very very important to me because you know i can do that and also it keeps getting lost because they you know it's like it's very hard to release them on DVD because mm-hmm. or anywhere because the, the licensing fees for the films. So it's like you. So it's most of the time I'm only finding host segments. So um, like Rhonda Shear from USA Up All Night, her YouTube channel has like hundreds of host segments from the early '90s that she did. And so like you know, I so it's my uh, little one of my special interests is uh, horror hosts that and. That's quite that's, a digression. <laughs> well, that's really interesting because we, you know, I will be honest, I didn't know who Vampire was. And I had to do a little bit of research because we, um, Liam and I, one of my co-hosts, we love, absolutely love Dragula. It's one of the best things yeah. ever. And so we uh, had Sigourney Beaver on and we actually <laughs> talked uh, Vampira, Morticia, Elvira, and then we just yeah. deviated and just all random stuff. I love Sigourney. She is just a treat. Um, and so, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I would say again, you know, as we were talking about the horror community, uh, you know, I think obviously in the pandemic, um, a lot of podcasts started up or YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. And that's fine because we all needed that outlet, in my opinion. Some have stayed and some have, you know, you know, gone. But yeah. Shudder, for, for us, not, I think we had like 35 followers. And we just reached out to Shudder for a screener. And I'll be damned if Shudder's like, yeah, we'll put you on the PR list. I, I mean, yeah. they were so incredibly nice to us. And... And then after that, we just had more, um, just, it was just a really great thing to see. And I think too, um, because I had been hearing rumblings of the queer document, the queer horror documentary. So I cannot Mm -hmm. wait for that. Um, Because I think, you know, one of the great things about horror is that it's innately queer in my opinion. 
And I think that's mainly for one of the reasons why I was always drawn to it because I always then felt normal. And I think, you know, again, for my own mental health, that's kind of why, you know, horror helped me. Mm -hmm. And so to hear that that's going to be, you know, that's in the works and all of that. And then again, same thing with this as well. I just, I think it's a great time um, for horror. And I also think even with the pandemic, horror has really excelled um, these past two years. Yeah, um, it, just, is, uh, it is the biggest uh, at the box office if you did it like, like it's Marvel and horror movies that make the most money. Mm-hmm. And people, they, they want love and need horror. There have been so many genres over the years that have come and gone, you know, and uh, horror stays and well, it pays. <laughs> um, <laughs> one, one thing uh, I can tell you, my, the first movie I worked on uh, was called uh, Fountain and the Vengeful Nun That Wouldn't Die about a couple of lesbian nuns with katanas getting revenge on the drug dealers that uh, killed their sister and they just like there's a lot of blood there's a lot of dead nazis uh there's some it's it's a it was such a fun movie to uh be a part of i uh so she produced and i uh, composed some music for the for the score and uh we were shooting that during the pandemic um early on and had uh it was very touch and go because we just didn't know pre-vaccine and so we were just uh, like stopping and starting shooting mm-hmm. on weekends getting people tested as much as possible being just like well so here's what's happening we are we have this much money um shout out to uh, my friend james dean that uh, not that one but that one <laughs> <laughs> his parents named him that um but uh, he uh, brought me in on that one. And uh, it was just, it was really interesting to, this is the, this is the first time I'd you know, been that deeply involved in making a movie. Mm-hmm. It, came out re- it came out recently and actually as of yesterday, it has a Blu-ray. <laughs> um, I'm gonna yeah. be looking this up because that sounds very fascinating. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, James shot it for like 35,000 with his own money. He uh, like sold, his like old game systems, everything. Uh, got a small apartment. Like I think he sold one of his, I think he sold a car, and uh, just used all of the money that he was um, making, and it went towards the film. And it took quite a while, and now it's out. So yeah, it's, it's so, and, and that's one that uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a horror movie. There's a lot of revenge, but the horror is. Whew, there is some uh, a lot of ways it deals with uh, that one also deals with mental health and trauma uh, it ends uh, like abuses of the Catholic Church and oh. you know the rise of you know neo Nazis well not the rise they were always there but um, you know more on the open and there's also one of the things that was very important you know to me is queer trans women is that the um, our two main characters, Mary and Lee, were treated with the utmost respect. And um, one thing that you'll find with this, it's, it's like it's a non-exploitation flick. And um, we 
don't I didn't want to exploit that part of the film so there's not like a gratuitous lesbian sex scene there's you know like you know cute date scene just you know a lot of you know I, I, I liked how it turned out and um, it was very nice you know because uh, it's, it's hard to find that representation or circle back here <laughs> represent it because you were talking about representation um it matters it, i mean yeah it took me until 2021 to find a film that actually where i watched it and i felt fully seen like there are characters that you know like i, like I could connect with but you know they're all cis and uh i saw so i was in, so we um, last year sponsored Salem Horror Fest, and I did a Q and A with the director of a film called So Bam, uh, and the director she is a seventeen year old trans girl from Australia and made this uh, vampire movie, and they have transgender woman playing this just fabulous gorgeous vampire. And there are, you know, non-binary main character and they're, you know, non-binary in real life. So it's like, there's a lot of, you know, queer people playing queer people and it's about found family and stuff. And there's a lot of wonderful things in that film. And that uh, main vampire girl with, who, who is, you know, trans woman, and in real life, you know, not some cis person. I just, I finally felt seen. It took me 35 years to find that feeling of representation. And it came from this wonderful 17-year-old woman. <laughs> I, uh, I adore her name's Alice Mayo Mackey. She just joined Twitter. Check her out. She's got an Instagram too. But um, she is just... Wonderful. So I did a Q and A for Salem Horror Fest with her, and uh, that would that was Aaron before the the movie, and uh, it's just I still like I, I want to see it again, mm -hmm. and it ha it's it does have a distributor, but it hasn't been released yet, mm. and I'm just dying to see it because it's just it's I think I'm it's going to be one of those that I'm going to mm -hmm. keep on plan and like there's a great scene like like the new fledgling vampire uh goes on the first hunt at a a, a gay conversion camp like it's fantastic oh, <laughs> yeah that sounds amazing yeah <laughs> and yeah it was just i i, I wonderful absolutely wonderful so, yeah, yeah i that I'm excited to see that. I, I will keep my eye out for that. Honestly, um, you know, again, that's another thing you can learn from horror. Um, well, and I guess people will also say drag race at this point, but found family um, mm -hmm. is something that you see is quite common in horror films. And I think it's very important. Yes. Uh, you know, I would like, you know, being part of this uh, documentary, what do you hope folks will get out of it? I just, it's actually pretty similar to what I just said. And I know Jonathan has said this, if we're making it just so at least 
one person somewhere in the Midwest, someone, you know, like, like me, I had, I, I didn't know <laughs> a whole lot what was going on there. And, um, we just want, you know, someone to see it and, you know, be like, those people get it. There's, there's people out there just like me, I'm not alone. And that is, um, extremely important and very much at the forefront of everyone's thoughts at all times and you know we want that you know like for everyone and there's even been times where um so we had a a meeting the other day and uh jonathan had brought up how uh the um we do a lot of the interviews for the documentary remotely mm -hmm. so we'll hire a uh you know, freelance uh, camera person to uh, to shoot the interview. And then, you know, Jonathan will zoom in and ask a question. And um, one thing that's been really interesting that he said was that these camera people aren't like horror people. And uh, they're hearing this interview and it's changing their minds on like their their viewpoint on horror and looking at it through a different lens. And oh, like, 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 yeah, so like just even like that. So it's like the, the, that, that mission of like someone, you know, finding the thing that like it's, it's helping already and helping me. Like in the Discord server, like I'm going to bring up again, like that, a lot of people get a lot of help on there. And I'm, I'm just, I'm very, very proud of our community. I, I absolutely I think I ended up um uh I met um Kat on there actually who is yeah. in Australia and oh my god they're amazing uh, I I think we were on like a zoom or a discord call for maybe three hours uh just you know one shooting the shit talking about our you know our past talking yeah. about horror and then talking Honestly, she was helping me with a podcast. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I enjoy it. Yeah. And, but we didn't even really talk about that. That was maybe 10 minutes the entire time we were just talking about how great, you know, this project was, but also how we related to it. Um, and so, yeah, the Discord server, I can already, for at least for me, I would say it's been hugely beneficial, but just seeing again, the people in there, um, as you had mentioned, which is shocking, no drama in it. And that's incredible. I think in any group chat scenario, any online scenario, I think that is just, it's very unique and it's also very comforting. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it's, 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 I wouldn't say shocking because I've always found like, one of the reasons I've, I've gone to so many cons over the years is I've moved a lot. I've been in Minnesota, I've been in Philadelphia, I've been in Connecticut, I've been in Georgia. I've been so many places. Um, but conventions are the same no matter where you go. So conventions are like home for me. So that, like, you know, horror con, anime con, sci-fi con, all, I just, it's a, it's always it's it's a familiarity kind of thing, and my favorites are obviously 
horror cons because there's this almost instant camaraderie you'll get with someone when you find that they're a horror fan yeah I, 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 I just I gotta get this one out because the as I'm going through the interviews for the documentary Wes Craven is mentioned in every single one and it's either a nightmare on Elm Street or it's Scream that's and gonna make my heart melt he is he is that okay I got with special place the, in my heart for that man with the, with the latest one the fifth one I really loved seeing you know the route they took with it because um you know the first two screens like there there is a little bit of a mental health message but they're mainly about like you know meta horror and then sequels and then but when you get to the third one you have crisis counselor sydney trying to run from her problems and you know you you got to face them head on you can't you can't do it so it's like that she does and then you know keeps going through four and she's got a, you know a book to help others you know trauma survivors and then finally in this new one what they did with samantha and billy was uh, shocking and this is you know like as i'm watching it i'm i'm, I'm noticing it like like a lot of people keep saying schizophrenia but no no it's it's it seems more like uh you know a dissociative identity mm-hmm. disorder um with samantha and billy like billy's just sort of riding in the background um it's really cool to see skeet Ulrich back uh and how he helped her mm-hmm. kill the killer and <laughs> that, that was a great was, scene <laughs> i counted it was like 28 27 just Oh, I'm going to go back and watch that now to try and count yeah. that. Oh my goodness. I didn't yeah. realize it was that many. It was, it was shy. And then when she just cleaned off the night. Was... I, I loved that. And that, okay, oh. the, I'm sorry. I, I, oh, no, no, go I, for it. Worthy. The end. The part that really got me was, you know, Sydney and Gail are sitting on the ambulance and Samantha comes up to him to talk and say, you know, thank you and all that. And um, I love how Sydney's just tired of, of, the, of this shit. So she just starts shooting doors earlier in the movie. I used to have to that. that like, like that really shows like she, she's, she's definitely been through it. She's ready. And uh, she, she's not going to allow it to affect her. And I love that. But what I've been, what I want to get at is the one question near the end, and it's something just very vague and simple. Because you know, Sydney doesn't know that Billy's you know floating around in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Samantha just says, "Am I going to be okay?" And Sydney says, "Eventually." It's such a struggle to deal with so much, you know. Mm-hmm. Your brains do. And there's so much 
messaging throughout media that, you know, just be positive, just, you know, go for a walk, do all this stuff. But it doesn't get into the part where it's like that's automatically you're going to be okay. But not this. It Sydney just says eventually because she knows you got to face it and go through it. So there's going to be times where you're not okay. Mm-hmm. And you may feel like you're not going to make it, but eventually you'll get to a better place. I mean, that's a great message. Sugarcoat it. It's simple. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, you you take your time. Yeah, got a you know my own struggles a lot with the mental health. Like um, and just you know, I've been through a lot. You know. Being trans in the United States, trying to access healthcare and everything, and it's just inherently traumatizing just to live like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm so tired of this messaging that, yep, it'll be okay. You're fine. Just you know, just ignore it, put it away, and. It's not right. It's not the right messaging. You you need to address the tougher aspects of healing from such horrific traumas. Like, and uh, that's what really made me love this new screen thing. And I can see that one coming into rotation a little more like, you know, Sydney, you know, it, 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 you know, that part really was great. And I loved how they, uh, they, uh, you know, dedicated it to Wes at the end. And uh, I didn't expect that. Uh, I didn't expect to cry there. Um, it's uh, so yeah, I'm okay. I just uh, it really hit you know it hits me right here. That's okay. I, honestly, I, I will be uh, well, fully transparent. You, I didn't take that away from that. I didn't. Un- I didn't see that, but I do now. And it's very, you know, I love Wes Craven and I'm a fan of the Scream series, but there's always been something that I find very, like I said, calming about it. But 
that's a really positive message to take away from that. And yeah, I'm certainly going to look at that scene a little different now um, yeah. for the better, honestly. Um, yeah, because like, for like, right, like another thing too is immediately after she says just, and, and Sydney is just, she's very serious about it and just is like, eventually. And then, you know, Samantha turns going back to her sister and looks in the, in the window of the car and sees Billy and he sort of just nods at her like, yeah, it, it is going to be okay. And uh, it's like, you know, you know, it's going to take a lot of time for her because people who deal with associative issues, it's, it's very rough. And that's like even more stigmatizing than just men general mental health. Um, so so much of cinema, um, not just horror, you know, treats people with that uh, terribly. And it was one of the first films I saw that I felt dealt with it in a sensitive and caring manner. And uh, it was just very cathartic and very very satisfying I'm really 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 glad that they did what they did with that movie and uh that was wonderful so yes great it's a that very was... positive like I said I I will be um probably watching that tonight uh but that's I you know again this is an Great example, though. Again, horror can help. Yes, you know. And I, I, I just want to say again, you know, um, thank you for taking the time to speak with me. Uh, and I keep telling um, your crew as well, just thank you because I, I really do appreciate what you're doing. Um, again, because I think we just need more of that. Um, and, you know, I'm glad I got to speak with you. I hope it didn't, I, you know. Oh, no, that was, the, the, that, that was mainly just, it was like relief cry. It wasn't, okay. it, nothing bad was triggered or anything. I it, just wanted to make it was sure. Just, thank you for checking in. Um, it was just like the movie just it hits right and uh i am thankful for that one and um talking with you has been wonderful it was just very easy and i, I really i really enjoy talking with you so thank you for giving me the space to just sort of ramble and digress and just you know even just uh Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I, again, I just want to spread awareness. I always find these ones awkward to end because I don't want to say goodbye. So I'm just going to say goodbye and stop recording. And then mm -hmm. we'll, we'll chat afterwards. Okay. <laughs> you have been listening to the Horror Hour. See you next time. <laughs>